Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Welcome to another spiritual tune-up. Let's talk about angels. And in particular, there's four things that have really changed my thinking um, as I've been a teacher these last 20 years pertaining to angels. Uh, and these four things have made my life more interesting, more fun, and made me more powerful. So here's what I've got for you on tap today. First off, recognizing their obvious logical existence. And maybe it's not so logical except that every single religious tome, to my knowledge, speaks of angels. So something's going on there. And I'm not an adherent to any religion, but you've got to realize this is a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, as many others have said, uh, based on all the order that's everywhere. In fact, that's one of the most vexing thing, things for scientists, uh, because they want to kind of whittle it all down to, to objectivity, pluses and minus, electron, proton. But yet, how could there be such excruciating perfection and balance on planet Earth alone? How could we even exist? Science can't even begin to go there. And the obvious deduction, the obvious leap is there is a brilliance and intelligence beneath it all. Okay, that's a starting point. And when you look at the brilliance, you see a stage, you see meaning, you see purpose, you see order. Okay, and in that purpose and order, there's a network of intelligence, symbiotic relationships amongst all the creatures. And angels are part of that network. This is why there's folklore. This is why many people see spirit guides. This is the origins, in my view, of fairies and um, gnomes and uh, spirits, spirit of the mountain, spirit of the tree, spirit of the planet. It's like there are conscious entities, beings, if you will, who are not inside a physical body right now, who are not material in any way right now, yet they hover about us. And all that the legends have ever said in every holy book is that they are of love, that they are beautiful, that they are here to hear us, they listen to us, they respond. My biggest issue with angels, being raised Catholic, um, I am not one for many, many, many decades now, but being raised in that kind of school of thinking and then graduating to you create your own reality, thoughts become things, you're here for the adventure, you're here to learn lessons. If Tinkerbell on my shoulder could make my thoughts become things, then it wouldn't be me and my power, it would be me and Tinkerbell combined. Uh, and I felt like if I don't learn the lesson myself and Tinkerbell learns part of it or makes it easier for me, I'm really cheating. 
And so while I believed in angels my whole life, I've never really felt like it was fair to ask or expect or to pray to them with expectations and think that they could intervene in my life. Oh boy, was I wrong. Many of you know I met Lorna Byrne about five years ago, the angel mystic from Ireland who sees angels and has her entire life. I'm doing a workshop with her tomorrow. That's why I'm thinking about angels right now. But her story is astounding. She sees angels like you see me. And when I met her in London, she was seeing my angels. She was sharing stuff with me, stuff that was mind-blowing, stuff that was awesome. And so my lessons began. Our angels cannot think our thoughts for us. Our thoughts alone become the things and events of our lives. This is what I came to learn through Lorna and going within and piecing together the mysteries of life from everything I've ever heard about angels. And this is what I implore everybody to do. You can figure out everything. So what we can do is we can speak with our angels. They hear us, they respond. It's as if they whisper in our ear. They can kind of grab our attention this is not interfering with our free will. This is not interfering with our responsibilities. They're part of our team. This network and stage that we play our lives upon for the adventure and for learning comes with props, comes with a team. And you would never have dared be here if you were all alone and you had no lifeline, so to speak. And that is not cheating. You still have to think those thoughts. You still have to walk the walk. But you can ask for guidance. You can ask for courage. And they will give you ideas to latch onto, dots to connect, so that you on your own can start feeling better. This is no different than asking uh, some advice from a friend. They may help you. They may not. It depends how you use that advice. It depends who you ask. It depends what you're ready to receive. So... Number one, angels are part of the stage and part of the network. It's not cheating to use them. You're expected to use them. Number two, there are countless types of angels. We all know of our guardian angel, very, very religious connotations, that we all have one guardian angel. In my mind, I can't totally fathom everything, but I believe that our guardian angel, and according to Lorna, this is true, are so connected to us, they're, they're inseparable. They exist solely for us. You have a guardian angel whose sole existence is your joy. And it doesn't just sit there passively. It's everywhere, always at once. It's ahead of you on every decision you make. It's whispering back to you. It's guiding you. It's comforting you. It's making you feel better after all those tears you cried. Whatever it was about, somehow you feel better. And it wasn't just the purging of the emotions. You had an angel orchestrating perhaps other angels to make you feel better so that you could get back on your throne. So there's a guardian angel, inseparable. They exist only for you. Then there's a network of angels, according to Lorna, and according really to anybody who tunes into Spirit Guides. These include support angels who have specialties. You've got a parenting challenge. You've got a math problem. You've got a business problem. You've got a confidence problem. You've got a relationships challenge. There are angels that specialize in that. You just have to ask for such specialty or ask your guardian angel to find the right angel for you. Um, and then there are the unemployed angels that Lorna likes to talk about. 
There are millions upon millions upon billions of unemployed angels. That's her terminology. They exist without an assignment, but are available on call. So you can ask for a team of angels. You could ask for a thousand angels. I've asked Lorna, you could ask for a million billion angels. Why not? We live in a dream world. So ask for all the support in the universe, all the angels to be on deck at your bid and call. And so it shall be. Not that they can manipulate other people and not that they can make your thoughts become things, but they can be there to help you in ways that we've not even identified that can make a difference in your life. So those are the three types of angels. And I asked Lorna long ago and recently again, why a guardian angel versus other angels? And, and the why is not the right question, but it is only the guardian angel that never leaves you. In a way, it is like your, your, your go-to at all times and your guardian coordinates all other angels in your field. Uh, I wouldn't be talking about this if I haven't experienced a difference in my life from having a nonstop rapport communication with my angels but your guardian angel is as close as you will ever get to a best a true best friend a true best friend whereas all the other angels can come and go and they do come and go although they all love you whether it's an archangel uh, and, and this hierarchy so much of it is um, tainted by religion which I have a huge problem with but that doesn't mean discount the whole notion of angels it stems, they stem from the order, the stage, the network that makes possible a life in time and space. Just as you have, generally speaking, uh, two arms, two hands, two legs, two feet, uh, you come with an apparatus to deal with these illusions. Part of that apparatus, part of that network is your angels. Um, Using them, as I said, is not like an optional or it's not like cheating. It's like expected. There was a note from the universe that once said, are you using all of your angels? Please start using all of your angels. That's what they're there for. And here's the last bit of insight I gained from Lorna Byrne that was kind of mind-blowing and kind of like, yeah, of course. And she said that, while we humans typically think of the angels as closest to God, as absolutely gorgeous, totally beautiful, all-powerful, luminescent energy connected to the whole divine mind, we, and we therefore revere them and honor them and almost you know, worship them, it is they all of the angels who revere and worship us and who see us as kind of God on the cutting edge of reality creation. They exist to serve us, if you will, almost in a way of worshiping us. They are there for our needs, knowing of the audacity of the challenge we undertook to forget who we really are as we descended into these jungles of time and space to learn, to play, to frolic, to drama, to vote left, to vote right, to discover what is real and what is not in a sea of illusions. I remember reading in a book, maybe it was Emmanuel, the series by Pat Rodgast. Uh, it was all about angels. 
something to the effect that the angels dare not go where we go. They did not have the courage to do what we did, that they truly revere us for having such a sense of adventure and courage to be willing to come to time and space, however fleeting an adventure it is. And it is fleeting except for when you're in it and it seems like it's forever. So there you have it, four things to recount. This is a world of order, a stage, a network, so you can get it on. And part of that network is your angels. Number two, there are lots of different angel types. Only your guardian angel is your bestie, never leaves you. All the others come and go. So, uh, and number three, using them is expected. You're supposed to use them. And number four, they revere you. You are honored. There are you're famous on the other side of the curtains of time and space for your courage, your bravery, your spirit, your sense of adventure. Jumbo fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. That's what I'm doing every day. Thoughts become things like in the secret, the DVD and the movie. Anyway, we had such great response yesterday and interaction, engagement, likes, hearts, stars, uh, waving hands about angels. And because today is the last day to join us on the 21 day angel adventure at tut.com link below in Facebook, swipe up and Instagram, I thought I would share some really fun facts that I have learned from Lorna Byrne about angels, what they can do for us, where they are. Uh, I think you're going to really dig this, but let me qualify what I'm about to share by stating that Lorna who I'm doing this adventure with is the angel expert. Um, everything I say, take with a pinch of salt. Some of it's intuition, some of it's um, straight from Lorna's uh, mouth to my ears and other bits of it is um, stuff that I just feel like I know. So, all right, so some cool, fun questions about angels. How do, and this is a question somebody asked in Facebook yesterday. Please ask your questions below Facebook or Instagram. How do angels differ from the universe or your higher self? This question came up a lot yesterday in social media. Uh, angels <clears throat> are literally separate, distinct, independent beings. Now, having said that, we're all one. And where one of us ends, the other begins and... Uh, this is all just God come alive in the dream of life. So in one deep, profound sense, angels are, are just another part of ourselves. But so are you another part of me, yet you want to live your life and rock on and have a good time. And you know, I'm not going to be able to do that for you and vice versa. So while we are all one, we each have different windows through which to view reality and thereby different beliefs accumulate, different lessons uh, are to be learned and different adventures can unfold. And then we all huddle back together again and share, so to speak. So how do angels differ? At a more surface level, they are completely independent beings um, that exist for that smile on your face. And I'm going to talk about additional ways to engage their services at the end of this broadcast. Uh, it's just another Q&A, not an upsell. Um, do 
our pets or animals have guardian angels? I'm going to ask Lorna that during our first of four workshops tonight, because I've never heard her speak on that. But my feeling would be this. Uh, no, our pets, nor do animals have guardian angels other than the angels at large that help the planet, that help, um, you know, balance the physical laws and all of those things. But a guardian angel like people, have, the reason I believe we have <clears throat> guardian angels is because we have this this egoic filter that tends to clog the machinery and we're no longer operating from heart and intuition and thereby we need an extra pair of eyes and an extra pair of wings to help us navigate life which is why they're part of the package if you signed up for time and space you got angels literally um whereas animals they're so instinctual they have no problem overthinking stuff they're totally tuned in to the divine and can surf on the edge of reality being exactly who they aka god wanted them to be and they can fill their niche they know their place they celebrate life they wag they purr they chirp um, they don't need angels the way we need angels our adventure is far more complicated but don't let that mean it's not doable um, and therefore we have the extra assistance of you know opposable thumbs and angels <clears throat> do our pets go to heaven <clears throat> excuse me absolutely as i think mark twain said if they don't have dogs i'm not going um, if it's here it's there if it's here it's there even better and if Fido was in your life here, Fido in even more radiant forms, if that's even possible, will be on the other side waiting for you at the end of the Rainbow Bridge. Many of you will know what I'm talking about. So can, can angels appear as people <clears throat> and create apparitions and or create apparitions? I'm going to also ask that of Lorna tonight my life's experience and those of loved ones <clears throat> says absolutely yes. Um, I know that Seth, dictated by the late Jane Roberts, you can check those books out at any bookstore, the Seth material by Jane Roberts, says that we actually as human beings with our higher selves and perhaps with spirit guides can and do create apparitions. Can our angels help us in this? Uh, it would, why wouldn't they be able to help us in this? Do we have to have them to do that? No, I think we can do that on our own. But based on our beliefs, based on our needs, based on our fears, based on our dreams, we can create these windows of opportunity for angels, spirits, and or our own powers to create players or circumstances on the stage of our life that kind of overlay matter and time and space to enrich and further our lives. So absolutely. Um, bad angels. Are there bad angels? Are there fallen angels? I already asked Lorna this just recently. I'll probably ask her again tonight with a list of about 30 other questions. Um, but she laughed and she said, no, 
no, no, no, no. And this is one of the things I love about Lorna. Um, I can tell not only is she incredibly authentic, but her, her answers always make me nod. And it's like, yeah, of course. Whereas, you know, sometimes people talking about esoteric topics have built-in rules and judgment and subjectivity. With Lorna, I get zero of that. Um, bad angels, fallen angels, as if God couldn't fix that. As if the universe would be like, ah, I didn't see that coming. We're going to put you in hell forever and ever. Um, no, anything, everyone, all of it, time, space, matter, atoms, electrons, protein, protons are pure God. Playing out the, their adventures inside of the heart of God. So the idea of a bad angel or a fallen angel, whether it's Lucifer or whoever, supposedly, um, is a broken, fatally flawed concept. Um, that doesn't mean maybe an angel couldn't make a mistake. Oh, that's a good question for Lorna tonight. I don't know. Can an angel make a mistake? I think when they're operating from pure love, which they are, and it's not filtered by logic like us, I would say I don't think it's possible for an angel to make a mistake. I, I really don't think that's possible. It's like saying, can God make a mistake? I, I think with their connection to the divine, clear and unobstructed, um, it's pretty impossible. Um, which leads to another question that Lorna and I actually disagree on, but there's a modification. Is there a hell, like a devil and hell? Um, I, I, I will tell you, I know to the depths and core of my being that there is no hell in the heart of God, which means there's no hell, period. There's no devil, period. These were metaphors for confusion wrought by humanity, um, imposed on humanity by humanity and in our own minds. Hell is not knowing that you live in heaven on earth right now and that you're surrounded and adored and you've never been judged and you don't even have to ask for forgiveness because there was never any blame. Uh, hell is not knowing that. Uh, and so hell and Satan are metaphors for misunderstanding, eating of the forbidden fruit, going to matter in the material world for truth, answers, and definition instead of going to spirit. That creates hell. Whereas Lorna has said that there is a hell, but in her entire life, she has never been made aware or shown anybody being sent there or going there. I would say Lorna is picking up on the fact that there is a hell of our own creation. Um, but not to put words in her mouth, she, she meant it in the way that it was asked. Is there a burning inferno in the bowels of the earth somewhere? And she said, yes, but nobody's ever been sent there. <laughs> Lorna's message is, is almost entirely of joy, of happiness, of living your fullest life, of using the support that's been given to you. And my message is entirely that as well. Um, how do angels help? Okay, this is something I touched on yesterday. With believability, you can hear them. You can all of a sudden have an idea. Where did that come from? It came from your angel. But there's another layer here of believability. If you believe in the goodness of the universe, if you believe that you are supported um, in realms unseen, if you believe in angels and you believe you have a guardian angel, not just for the belief that all will work out well because you have angels, but literally you create avenues of possibility that did not, could not otherwise exist 
through believing in angels for angels to reach you in a way they could not have reached you otherwise. Now, can angels help you even if you don't believe in them? I, I'm sure they can, but it would not be to the same degree that if you believed in them, asked for help, had intentions, and connected with them. Jumbo fellow adventurers and welcome to another spiritual tune-up. Happy Hump Day. It's Wednesday, November 11th, 11-11-2020. Kind of cool. All right, a great question came in um, that I want to share with you unrelated to the elections, unrelated to angels, which were very popular the last few days. Um, but I want to encourage all of you to ask your questions below on either Facebook or Instagram. That's where I get all of my talking points. So anything you want to know about anything under the sun, if I can help you, I will. Here is a heartbreaking question that comes from the world I was raised in. Old school, physical senses, lost opportunities. Mike, can a person miss out due to self-sabotage? More specifically, can a person miss out on something that was meant for them? How can we make sense of passing ships in the night situations with things we have been manifesting? Could it be due to self subconsciously self-sabotaging our manifestations or more a lesson for the future? None of it exists the way you think it does. And I know from experience to not understand this, it's a heartbreaker because your physical senses will cast a spell on you, leading you to believe if only I had said this, if only I had gone there, if only I had that much more courage, my whole life would be better. Lies, 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 lies. First off, I got to call out that the question said, can you miss something that was meant for you? Nothing's meant for anyone other than a rocking, joyful existence in time and space. How you dress that up is the journey. That's up to you. But everyone is here for joy and everyone here can have joy. And if you want to dress it up with money and bling and stuff, hey, it's all spiritual. But I wanted to get that out of the way. Nothing is meant to be in that sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. You got a big dream. You're that close. Can you screw it up? Okay, there's two dynamics going on here. And the, the, the news is fantastic. When it comes to your euphoria, when it comes to your joy, when it comes to falling head over heels in love, when it comes to creative fulfillment, when it comes to the things that you came here in time and space to experience and to manifest, you can never miss an opportunity. Opportunity never stops knocking. There's enough worms for all of the birds, not just the early bird. My mom used to kind of tell me opportunity only knocks once. I'm like, what does that mean? Like I could miss out and my whole life would be a waste. It's like, that's how people used to think. Many people still do think that. Now, is it possible that Bruno um, might go the wrong way because of something you said? Yeah. Is it possible that that business deal uh, on the corner of Acme Street and Roadrunner Cafe might go south and it could have gone well? Yeah. When it comes to the logistics Certain people, specific circumstances, specific investments. Yeah, all of those 
could go south, could go away and right through your fingertips. Tips. And it could be because you didn't believe in yourself. But there will be more of those. You can't make some, somebody come back here. You can't manipulate another life. You can't recreate circumstances exactly as the ones that just transpired. But you can create new circumstances. And there's somebody way better than Bruno. Always there's somebody better than Bruno. There's somebody better than Trixie. There's, there's another deal better than the one on Acme Street. There's another career better than the one that you missed out on when you were 19. There's always, always, always an infinite number of possibilities for your joy, your happiness. And I'm not just talking about, well, I learned great lessons. Well, I've had a lot of fun. Well, there's a lot of love in my life. No, money, money. There are unending opportunities for you to live in fabulous wealth and abundance. Um, when it comes to relationships, there are unending or an innumerable number of candidates that would love you so much that you would not care about the others that slipped through your fingers. You would view them as training wheels for the really good stuff that showed up. Um, career, relationships, you, you can have not only do-overs for confidence, joy, love in a general sense, but you can have do-overs as an entrepreneur, as a matter manipulator, as a streaming manifester, anything and everything that matters to you, so long as you're not attached to the past, unforgiving of yourself, demanding that a certain person come back to you and try again, there's better fish in the sea, believe me. So what's important are the lessons and joys and love and camaraderie that we come here in time and space to have. And those will always come back. What's not important, who, who in your life will deliver those things? They're interchangeable. Okay. And so, yes, those may slip through your fingers, but, but somebody else is lining up behind where they once stood and they're going to be the real deal. And if they falter, then somebody better than that. And if you falter, then somebody better is coming for when you're strong. Uh, is it possible to self-sabotage? Uh, I understand what you mean. And yes, it's possible to, to miss an opportunity, but not, but anything that's ever missed due to self-sabotage can be replicated and brought on all over again, brought back around all over again. It's never too late. You're never too old. Um, you can have what you want. That's why you're here. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for another spiritual tune-up with one of your awesome questions. If you have a question, these are where I get my talking points. Every single weekday, 9.15 New York City time, I do a spiritual tune-up bringing sometimes confusing or lofty spiritual concepts down to earth so that you have the maximum traction necessary to live the life of your dreams. Today's great question was posted yesterday on Facebook. Um, overview, manifesting, timing, and the universe's schedule. Comes up a lot. Specifically, is everything meant to happen at a certain time? Like, I was too young when I met my first love, so it didn't work out. I think timing is everything. Am I right? 
Now, I can't speak to your exact situation. So please don't take offense when I say, generally, no way. Timing is not everything. It's got almost nothing to do with it the way I think you mean it. It's your thoughts and the thoughts of others, players, villains, empowering beliefs, limiting beliefs. All of this gets mixed into the soup for the nearest equivalent brought to you as soon as possible. But let me step this down and flip it around and give you the yes that perhaps you're also thinking about. First off, nothing is meant to be, okay? And it's not like timing is everything in the way that you suggest. This implies a destiny. This implies something really good's gonna happen, but it can't happen now, it's gonna happen later. And you know what I see people do so often? They take this line of thinking they don't yet manifest what they want. And they think, oh, it's just the universe's schedule. Everything has its own time and place. So I'm just going to chill out and let it arrive when it's best. Now, there's some deep wisdom to that kind of approach. But too often, it's a band-aid. Too often, it's a cover-up. And maybe the reason the thing didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen is because you were overly attached you were dependent on somebody else's thoughts, uh, you weren't taking action, you weren't showing up, you didn't believe in yourself. There's a lot of reasons that something might not happen on the schedule you want. And to just shrug it off and say, well, timing is everything, it's the universe's schedule, you run the risk of throwing 100% of your power out the window. So, how do things come to pass and how can we safeguard the maximum manifestation based on our desired end results in the quickest, soonest time frame? Okay, so the logistics of all manifestation, thoughts become things. Everything boils down to thoughts become things. Your thoughts, your words are your thoughts, your actions are your thoughts. It's all here. But we live in a world with momentum. We live in this soup of time, space, and matter. There, there's lots of likelihoods and there's probabilities and there's remote chances depending on how much energy, thoughts, beliefs, and focus is being placed on certain possible outcomes. We do not think gold coins, gold coins, and then find them in our blue jean pockets spontaneously. Instead, and that's the way it was before we got here. That's pre-soup, pre-jungles of time and space. When we were everywhere always at once and there was no time and no space, think it, got it, think it, got it, think it, spontaneous manifestation. We wanted more. We wanted adventure. We wanted suspense. We wanted a journey. We wanted to fleetingly believe in here and there and now and then and have and have not. So bring on time and space, time, space, and matter. Now, something more miraculous happens. More miraculous than spontaneous manifestations. When you think a thought and you're in the soup of time, space, matter, and momentum, instantly, instead of a spontaneous manifestation, although that's possible when you're enlightened enough, that's not the name of the game today, okay? Um, the instant you think about gold coins, 
immediately the universe digital GPS navigation knows where all possible gold coins are on planet Earth in every probable and parallel reality that you could be visiting in the immediate future and it starts drawing them hence the term law of attraction towards you it's not a timing thing thinking it's a timing thing gives your power away you are super attracting, immediately attracting, drawing to you and you being drawn to that which you are focusing on, believing in and taking action towards. Okay, Now you mix into the equation seven and a half billion other co-creators. And some want gold coins and some want to get rid of their gold coins and some are looking for charitable expression and some are looking for business transactions. Some have lost them, some have found them. And so the universe tracking seven and a half billion co-creators knows every single person and how you may harmoniously in alignment with their thoughts be availed of that which you are thinking about. And in the soonest, quickest possible way, forget timing, forget schedules, in the soonest, quickest way, your gold coins will be put in your hand if you stay the course, okay? It's no big deal. There's a ton of gold coins out there. There's a ton of Romeos and Juliets out there. There's a ton of ways for you to have health and healing. You stay the course every moment of the journey. There's a recalculation based on seven and a half other billion other players and how they change their mind. And maybe right now the universe says, you can have those seven gold, those gold coins in seven months. Tomorrow, recalc, it might be two days. You stay the course, the quickest, soonest delivery is on tap for you. So you don't pass judgment. This is how our thoughts become things. And this is what forges, if you will, a time schedule that the universe has. In that sense, yes, timing is critical, not yours but that derived by divine mind who is calculating every possible nuance and recalibrating, recalibrating every nanosecond of your journey. So, so nothing is set in stone and what might be seven months today might be seven hours tonight and vice versa. There's all these players, this symphony of manifestations. Here is how you safeguard to make sure you're not kidding yourself you're not deluding yourself by saying, oh, it's the universe's thing. And you're really, it's you not showing up and taking action consistently. Vigilance. Vigilance. You have a little ritual. Every day you think some good thoughts. Perhaps creative visualization. Perhaps a vision board. Perhaps a scrapbook. Perhaps a Pinterest account where you have things that remind you of where you're headed and what who you really are. That's what a vision board is. That's who I really am. Physically speaking, the bling, the joy, the laughter, whatever on your vision board, you keep that front and center in your mind. Secondly, you vigilantly speak and move physically in the direction that will avail you of such manifestations. Now, you don't know what path it's going to show up on and don't insist or attach to any path because then you're messing with the Bermuda Triangle of Manifestation, the Cursed House and the like. But you stay vigilant, doing all you can with what you've got from where you are with a glad heart, don't have to work overtime, and then you will maximize chances of that which you wanted or 
100 times better because the universe always goes for better. And when you get it, it's going to even be better than you visualized it. So don't give your power away thinking that there's a thing out there called the universe's time schedule and you are held hostage. You just have to wait. Patience is a virtue, but, but things can change and recalibrate on the fly. All right. I hope I made that clear. Jumbo fellow adventurers and happy fry. Yay. A deadline, fear and manifesting. Mike, when a deadline is swiftly approaching and you begin to get scared that all your efforts won't pay off, how can you access trust in the most harmonious result coming to pass? Even if it deviates from your idea of the best outcome, when you're so filled with fear that faith seems so far out of reach. Oh my gosh. We do tend to make this really hard and really dramatic. Great question. Thank you. Post your questions below Facebook or Instagram. Um, I've got three points for you here. Each one is, uh, I think rather exciting. The first point, fear can't stop you. Self-doubt can't stop you. Negativity can't stop you. Lack of faith can't stop you. These elements are part of my first point to share with you. Nothing can stop a dream whose time has come. And how do you know if your dream's time has come? You dwell on it. You focus on it. You move with it. You speak about it. You demonstrate, you act as if that or better must come to pass. Why is it like this? Why are we so infallible that, and maybe you've never heard me say this or others say this, you can have a pity party every night. You can, you can hate yourself. You can be down in the dumps. You can be negative and you're still going to blow the lid off of your dream if you just hold a little bit of focus on that dream every single day. You speak a little bit positively about that dream every day. You take a few baby steps, even in doubt, every day. Just a little bit. I have seen these lions and tigers and bears come at me for as long as I've been practicing, practicing metaphysics. That's 40 years now. They're gigantic, blood-curdling beasts, screeching and howling, and I'm timid and I'm shaking and I'm quaking but I would still have the audacity, the brilliance or the stupidity to think that maybe I could still make a difference. And every single time when I thought I'd get fired, when I thought I wouldn't find my groove, when I thought I would go bankrupt, when I thought my girlfriend would leave me, when I thought, I mean, every single time I prevailed, every time. And so have you, you're even here asking these kind of questions because you're rocking your life. So don't worry that you worry. Don't worry that you have fear. Don't worry. The reason this first point is so exciting, I'm still on my first point, is because of your nature. You're of God, by God, pure God, total divinity, chose to be here, to totally rock the dickens out of time, space, and matter, these sacred jungles. This is your nature. And when you think a thought like, it might happen for me. That goes with the current and the truth that brought you here. 
It's very easy to make those kind of thoughts become things. Even though you're negative and timid and fearful and you lack faith, you still mustered the courage to think, maybe it'll work out for me. Hell to the yes. And then uh, be, when you think thoughts to the contrary of truth, what's truth? It's absolute. You're a divine gladiator of love and joy, an eternal being of God. When you think thoughts against, that are contrary to the truth, like I'm a dummy, it probably won't happen. Who am I to ask for so much? Why would they like me? I don't even like myself. You're loved and adored in galactica beyond time and space as well as here. So when you say I'm a dodo and I can't do it and it might not work out, those are lies. Those are really hard thoughts to become things. Why are some people successful at being unsuccessful? Because they don't know this simple little secret and they're not even this much positive. They're totally in their head thinking things are going to go bad. Just look at the, the people who do thrive. They're not the sharpest tools in the shed. Okay, look at the people who are billionaires. They're not all that smart. They don't do all that much. They're not so disciplined. They're not goody two-shoes. They're not closer to God. They had the audacity, the brilliance, or the stupidity to think that they could succeed, and they did. So don't worry that you worry. Don't worry about deadlines. More on deadlines in a second. Don't worry about self-doubt, lack of faith. Just show up a tiny bit. I used to worry 18 hours a day that I would get fired at Pricewaterhouse. Okay. And then for five minutes a day, I would visualize that I loved my job and people at work loved me. During those five positive minutes, I would worry about getting fired. I was so negative. I was like worrying all the time. And I prevailed. You will too, because you're of God, by God, pure God. So don't worry about these things. Don't make it so difficult. You don't have to be even remotely close to perfect. Because in a deeper sense, you couldn't be more perfect. Okay, it's not, don't, don't listen to the chattering mind. And if it's chattering, just go ahead and you worry your little heart out because I'm going to start another train running and I'm going to visualize positivity and success and imagine that I'm already there. Okay, that's the first point I wanted to make. The other two points are much, much shorter. Well, maybe there's three here. No, okay. Okay, no, there's two more points. First of all, I want to clarify on deadlines. Okay, never give the universe a deadline. Never give yourself a deadline. You can come up with benchmarks. Like, I'd like to write one chapter of my new book per month, okay? That's fine. Come up with guidelines, but roll with it if you don't get there, okay? Say, oh, it didn't work out this month. Well, I'll do maybe one and a half chapters next month. You know, roll with it. Don't give the universe or yourself deadlines, okay? The universe is spinning more plates on your behalf than you can imagine. And when you say, I want this then, it's like, hey, it might... To make that happen, it would come at the expense of other stuff that you do not want to be without. So don't give the universe or yourself deadlines. Now, your question fairly, somebody's given you a deadline. The landlord's given you a deadline. The, the boss has given you a deadline. Your partner has given you a deadline. Wish for the best for all involved. Now, notice this question was very nicely worded by someone who's pretty savvy in spirituality. This was posted on Instagram. Thank you. But wish for the best for all involved. Your, your desired outcome might not be what's best for you and everyone else. Wish for the best for all involved. Do all that you can with your humble baby steps that lack faith. And then whatever happens, know that it was the best for all involved. 
As I said just the other day, you're going to get do-overs. There's an endless amount of do-overs for everybody. It's going to get better and better. It was just, if it didn't work out the way you thought it would, it's practice. It's training wheels for when the really good stuff, which is just around the corner, starts showing up in your life. So that was the second thing I wanted to talk about on deadlines. The third thing. Do not, this is similar to the last point. Do not try to force your way. My message is not about you can make Roxanne fall in love with you. You can have a million dollars by year end. Hey, maybe it's going to be February. Maybe it's going to be the next year end. Hey, it's all going to work. Do not try to force. You cannot always have your way in terms of how the dream will come true. But if your dream is wisely defined, like wealth and abundance, ASAP, love and laughter, pronto baby, travel partner, get it on. Okay. The universe now has infinite latitude to bring you these manifestations without you strapping on unimportant details, trying to force the questioner was really good. The most harmonious result. Don't try to force anything, not deadlines, not hows, not who's, not when's. Okay. So there you go. Ain't nothing can stop you. Not even fear or self-doubt. Um, don't put deadlines on the universe. If people put deadlines on you, then work with it, do the best you can and surrender, surrender to the outcome, but don't stop taking action. And number three, don't mess with the cursed hows. Don't try to force your path. Don't force the who's hows and when's. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple We've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.